the Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Philly Fundamentals podcast. I'm your host, Philly Bruno, and today it is just going to be me again. No guests going because there is a lot that has happened since we had the last show. Lots going on in this week, actually. And I wanted to get to all of it in a decent amount of time. So just myself going through some some certain certain things. We got Philly's trade deadline coming up in a couple of days. We have Eagles reporting the training camp. We have the Sixers with the NBA draft. And we have the Flyers with the NHL draft, not picking, but doing some trades. So a lot has been going on. So I just want to run through some things, share my thoughts. Um, hopefully you guys are interested. I hope you are if you're listening. Um, so we'll, we'll have a guest, you know, probably on the next podcast. We did the golf podcast last time, something different. Uh, thank you for the, to those who listened to that as well. Uh, but back to the Philly sports here, just me kind of rambling, sharing my thoughts. Hopefully it's not too, too boring. So I want to touch on the fires just in the beginning, um, because I feel like I have, um, the least amount of things to say about them. So with the flyers, you know, I didn't know how great some of these moves would be. Um, I I like getting rid of Voracek. I didn't think that he was that great last year. I know his contract situation is not good. Um, So I'm I'm good with the Voracek deal. And I'm good with the other deal we made as well to get a defenseman. I'm forgetting his name. Like, I'm sure if you guys have followed my Twitter account, you should realize that I'm not a huge hockey guy. I am definitely a Flyers fan. Um, enjoy watching them but out of all the main sports hockey is by far the least that I know about but what I do really want to just talk about is the Gostas Fair trade which wasn't really a trade we are giving Gostas Fair away to the Coyotes and also giving away a second and a seventh round pick not getting anything in return and I was listening to Philly Sports Radio they were saying how it's never a good deal when you have to just give stuff up and not get anything back. And that is so true. I didn't even know that could be a deal, like no cash or anything, no cash, no pick, not even a seventh round draft pick in return. So we're giving up a second round draft pick and a seventh round draft pick to get Gossifer off the books, which I guess is necessary for the position that we're at, but we put ourselves in that position. That's why it was really good that we got board check away just because of the cap space there but it's it seems like the flyers were going all in like for one more year at least see how it goes and you know i don't know if we're good enough i mean we were a one seed two years ago because of the bubble we had the fourth best record ended up becoming the one seed with that little playing tournament they had but then we missed the playoffs last year and i know in the nhl anything can really happen maybe some more in the nhl than any other sport so it could be could it be worth it probably it's just a bit a big wait, wait and see, and I just don't really, you know, I can't really predict or have too much thoughts on it. Just you know, saying, you know, I think we do have a chance to make the playoffs and in the NHL playoffs, and anything can happen. Um, so that's pretty much all 
I can really say on these deals with the Flyers um, because I'm just not knowledgeable enough to really have any more in-depth analysis for anything that I'm not currently watching. Any off-season deals with the NHL, that's, that's not really me. Um, so then I do want to talk about the Philadelphia Sixers a little bit. So the NBA draft is coming up on Thursday. I'm recording this on Tuesday night, actually watching the Phillies as we speak. Um, Bryce Harper inside the park home run tonight. First of his career. Very cool to watch. Followed up by an Agent McCutcheon home run. First time that we had gone back to back with a home in home runs with one of them being an inside the park home run since 2008. So I was wondering if I'd ever seen that before. Don't know if I was watching that game when I was eight years old, but that was really cool to watch. Um, but I'll get I want, the Phillies are what I want to talk about the most because their trade deadline and their season is what's going on currently. So I'll save that for the end. So with the Sixers in the NBA draft, besides the top five picks in this year's draft, I haven't really been paying attention to too much, which isn't what I normally would do. But I also feel like I was slacking with my college basketball watching this past year as well. But in a sense, like I don't really care about who we pick until we pick it, pick this person. Um, it's, it's a late first round pick. So I'll have to see, you know, then, you know, whether or not I actually, you know, like the picker and we'll, we'll deal with it then, but I'm not sure if we're actually going to pick someone. And that's because, you know, the Ben Simmons fiasco is, is still going on. The Sixers apparently have not been in contact or cannot get hold of Ben Simmons which is a big issue, but also just so Ben Simmons. I mean, we know Ben Simmons has bought that $17.6 million house out in LA, which I find ridiculous considering, you know, he can live out there for three months of the year at most since he's not on the Lakers or the Clippers. But we, I mean, since he got drafted, that's where he wanted to be. Ben Simmons cares about his image and his image only. And he doesn't really care about Philadelphia at all. It's really just, I mean, and we just support him so much. That's why uh, we're, I mean, at this point, we're sick of him. I mean, he knows he, we want to trade him. He probably wants out as well. But the thing is, he doesn't want to go anywhere that for any of the places that want to take him. I mean, the teams that are interested in trading but for Ben Simmons, I mean, he would just hate it there, like Sacramento and Portland, Minnesota. And I would just love to send him to any of those places just to make, make him miserable because he, at this point, he kind of deserves it. Uh, but those teams also probably know that he's not going to resign with them because, you know, he wants, he only cares about his image and, you know, being with the high celebrity circles and being where the weather's nice. So the trade is difficult because the Sixers and rightfully so should not make a trade to make the team worse. And I said, I don't want Ben Simmons on the 76ers anymore but I also don't want this team to be worse. And I understand that a lot of these trade situations make our team worse. It's what I've seen so far. Like I saw a trade with the Cavs that I would have, like I would heavily consider. I see there's Raptors trades um, out there on the internet. I don't know how realistic those could be. Um, oh, I don't know if that's a fair ball. There's a pop-up that Didi just had. It was dropped. They're calling it a foul ball. I I would love to see a replay of that because the third baseman dropped. I guess he touched it in fair, foul territory, and it landed fair. That's my big. I'm sorry for the little tangent. I'm just. I thought he was approaching this play pretty weirdly. Oh no! It might have. 
dropped right in foul territory. That's unfortunate because that would have been a double. I don't know if they can challenge that at all. I don't think they can. I'm sorry about that. But, uh, oh, they are reviewing it, so let's see. I don't know what they can do if that falls in fair, where they would put them on first or second. I'll, I'll let you know if they uh, what the decision is there. Um, so back to Ben Simmons. Um, so we, I saw some trades out with, with Toronto. Um, you know, we, the report said we asked for like way too much. The Raptors would never consider it. The Raptors have the fourth overall pick. So I'm like, I guess we're looking for that in there. Maybe a Jalen Suggs could fall the fourth. I don't know if that would really happen. Um, but then, like, I really want the Aaron Fox from the Kings, but the Kings don't want to trade the Aaron Fox. The Timberwolves also, like, they say they're interested in Ben Simmons, and they don't want to give up any of their three best assets. So it looks like uh, they are sticking with this call stands. So DD will be back up to the plate. It does kind of look like it chopped the line a little bit, but it's really close to call. I, I would have gone with call stands as well. Um, so, but the real thing with the Sixers, with Ben Simmons, Bradley Beal is looking like he wants to request a trade. And if he wants out, the Wizards are probably going to rebuild because they know they can't win a championship. If Beal's not going to resign with the Wizards after his contract's over, then they might as well trade him now and get something back. And if they trade him, they're going to trade Russell Westbrook. So if they're trading both of them, then you would think that they might want Ben Simmons, possibly. But if they're not trading Russ, why would they ever want Ben Simmons? But, you know, my thing is if they're trading two or they're tra not trading either of them. But would the Wizards really want to trade Bradley Beal to someone within their division or their conference? I don't know. I don't know if they care about that or not, if they're not really going to attempt to win in the next couple of years. And it's reported that Bradley Beal would be interested in playing for the Knicks, Sixers, or Celtics. And out of those three teams, I easily think that the Sixers had the best trade package. And having Bradley Beal on the Sixers would be a humongous addition. I don't know if we, it would make us – it probably wouldn't make us favorites because the Nets are still the Nets when they're healthy and they have the big three there. But it would just make me believe again, which is really what I want right now. Pairing him with Embiid would be absolutely insane. Uh, and then, you know, hopefully they can just stay healthy. The Warriors would also want Bradley Beal. Their trade package could be highly competitive, and I could see the Wizards trading him out to the Warriors. But, you know, we'll see. I don't know if, you know, it really all depends on Ben Simmons, if they want Ben Simmons or not, which I don't really know who would at this point, just for upside, I guess. And then also Damian Lillard's still out there. Now, I don't know if Damian Lillard's going to request a trade. There's reports now that he's really excited about playing with Bam Adebayo in the Olympics um, because he's an athletic big man. But I feel like that's just like he wants that person to come to Portland. I don't know if Dame's so loyal, and that's one of the things I really respect about him. So I don't know if he wants out. But it's, the Sixers are holding out. And I saw something earlier that said they are more likely now to trade their first overall draft pick or not, or like the first round draft pick, which is a late first round draft pick. So I don't know who's trading for the late first round draft pick. Like who do they really want? To me, I would just draft a player if I were the Sixers. Um, if that was the only thing that I was trading, if I was not trading Ben Simmons at this point, because I think we're holding out and I don't think Dame's getting traded draft. I think 
Bradley Beal possibly could, but I don't really know. Um, but like I said earlier, if we're not trading Ben Simmons, I really don't care what we do in this draft. Um, well, I care. I, I want some, you know, athletic three and D type player, like an like someone who can actually shoot unlike Matisse, but it's also like someone of a good defender, but it's also like more physical than Matisse. Matisse is an outstanding defender. All right. Outstanding defender, but he's not that physical. We need like a dog. And I don't know if we can find a dog that late in the draft, just someone to be like, act like a veteran almost. I feel like that's what you can find late in the first round, possibly. I don't know. Maybe a stretch four type of guy to come off the bench. Like, like I really don't know. I don't know who's going to be out there who's projected to fall late in the first round. So I can't say that much about it. But it will be interesting to see if we're doing any trades or not and how active Daryl Morey would be. All right, so that's my thoughts on the Sixers. I do want to move on to the Eagles. Training camp, first practice is tomorrow morning, Wednesday morning. And I feel like I am almost in the minority with how I, with my feelings at the Eagles, which is insane considering what the Eagles did this past season and how everyone felt about them then. I feel like so many people are highly optimistic about this Eagles season, and I do not understand why. And we got some veteran signings. The secondary seems to be a little sh short up now. You know, I love the Devontae Smith pick. We had a very good offseason. Howie did a great job. With as much as he screwed up before, I feel like Howie did a fantastic job this offseason with uh, Devontae Smith getting uh, Landon Dickerson in the second round as a Jason Kel Kelsey replacement. And then just his veteran signings were just, you know, all not for that much money. And they're going to help the team. I mean, and we could compete. Like, the thing is, you know, our schedule's super easy, really easy. Um, but there's just still not that much explosiveness on this team outside of a Miles Sanders, outside of a Devontae Smith. You've got a Jalen Rager uh, who did not impress last year at all hoping for a huge step up a Travis Fulgham who's more of a possession wide receiver um Quez Watkins a lot of people talk about Quez Watkins I like Quez Watkins as like a fifth or sixth receiver I have no problem with that and I like Greg Ward as a slot receiver I still think the defense is not going to be that great the defensive line did not seem like it got that much pressure last year we didn't really get that much younger so I I don't really know if we're going to be that much better defensively and I seem to be the only person that does not have total confidence in Jalen Hurts. I hope Jalen Hurts does really well. I really do. He's on the Eagles. So I hope, I'm hoping anyone on the Eagles does well. But everyone's like flipping out about Jalen Hurts in these drills with no one guarding him and him bench press or not him deadlifting. It's like, yeah, I know he's like a really good athlete, but, you know, is he – NFL quarterback I don't think he's an NFL starting quarterback I just really don't he had a good like promising couple of starts last year and then in the last three games he was atrocious I mean his numbers were so so bad that's why like you could have I know that fiasco that we had with putting Sudfeld in to kind of throw the game in week 17 to get a better draft pick and just to kind of screw the Giants over which was hilarious you could just really justify saying that was a benching of Jalen Hurts and just saying, hey, Sudfield, go in and finish out the game because Jalen Hurts is being that bad. Like, 
and I'm not comparing Jalen Hurts to a Mark Sanchez or a Vince Young when he was on the Eagles, but there have been quarterbacks. Well, I guess I am comparing, but I'm not saying that he is a Mark Sanchez or a Vince Young. But like when Mark Sanchez and Vince Young came in and played and started a couple games, like the first game or two, they were good. They actually put up good numbers. I remember Mark Sanchez, the video of him going out for cheesesteaks afterwards and him cutting in the line. Everyone was hyping him up. He stunk right after that. I mean, and Jalen Hurts stunk after that. I know he was a rookie and he went to like Alabama where he had all the protection and the weapons that he could have. And then he went to Oklahoma with a horrendous defense and he shredded them. So he never really got a chance to, you know, go against, well, in the SEC, he went against NFL caliber players for sure, but it's just a different beast in the NFL. And I'm not a football expert. I think I'm good with judging football players for someone who's never played the game of football, but I'm looking at Jalen Hurts. Like this guy does not have the capability of making the throws that we need a franchise quarterback to make. At that point, he did not. I don't think that's debatable. Can he improve that? Absolutely. But I just don't. I'm not sold on him. Could he be a below? Like, could he be a top 32 quarterback in the NFL? Yeah, he could. Could he be a top 20? I don't think so. I don't think that's even really a question. He seems at this point. I don't think it's a question he seems to want to run all the time and he's not as quick as some of those running quarterbacks and running quarterbacks don't have a really profound success when it gets to playoff time in the NFL. So there's that. Um, his throws, I don't, they don't seem to have the zip on them or the accuracy that we might need. I'm just not sold. I, I mean, people were hyping him up. I saw the photo shoot. At, first of all, the photo shoot at Cherry, Cherry Hill East. You should never be doing photo shoots at Cherry Hill East. That's Cherry Hill Easy. I mean, you don't know why you're going there. It's setting a bad precedent right up the get-go. Um, but it's just, it just seems like everyone is just swung and just is hyping him up, and I don't know what they're basing it on besides his weightlifting. I, I really don't get it. I hope the guy does well. He seems like a really nice guy, a hard worker. I just don't think he's a franchise quarterback for us, and I – I feel like the Eagles are not sold either because, I mean, I, you, we might have to get ready for Joe Flacco to start to at least four games of the regular season if we are going to trade for Deshaun Watson, which if he is legally cleared, I would be 100% for. I would give up three first-round picks this year, a first-round pick next year, a second-round pick at one of those two years, and Jalen Hurts for Deshaun Watson right now. I would say it would be easily worth it if he's legally cleared, but that is a big question mark, big question mark. And it seems like, it seems like he's guilty to me of something, guilty of something, whether or not he gets actually, you know, criminally charged for it. That's another question. I mean, he's an NFL superstar. So that's, it's a big, big question. seems like there's at least going to be some sort of penalty from the NFL. Um, that's probably a given. I don't know. Andrew Knapp going back, warning track power. Andrew Knapp almost out. Send, send Knapp to low A so he can hit the weight room. This man only hits balls to the warning track, so we're going to the ninth inning, down two still. Going to need some more electricity less. I mean, I can't tell you the amount of times Andrew Knapp's hit a ball to the warning track. All right, back to the – so, yeah, Deshaun Watson. The thing, like – the Texans are now willing to trade Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson wants to be traded. 
I mean, and Schefter said that if he is traded, 90% chance is going to the Eagles because we have the draft capital. I don't know if he's just like, the, it's going to be clear. I don't know if it's going to, it's probably not going to be settled by the time the season starts. And at that point, you cannot trade for him. I mean, it's just not worth it because the man could be going to jail. So that's a big question. I would do it if he's clear. I mean, in a heartbeat. And then if not, if he goes to jail, you know, we don't trade for him and we ride out this year with Jalen Hurts, see what he is. If he's good, he starts next year. If not, we could draft a quarterback. We got plenty of drafts, draft space. Maybe a Sam Howell. I'm a big Sam Howell guy, so I would love for Heisman Howell to be coming on for the Eagles if that's what that's the route that we go to if Jalen Hurts is not the guy. But the waiting and see this year is a potential good thing for us. I don't think we're going to do anything great. Could we win the division potentially? Yes, because our division stinks. Um, just like it has been for the last couple of years. So I think if we end up doing something, Jalen Hurts is the starter. I mean, hands down. Um, if not, you got, you got options. And that's not a bad thing for this team. And this has been the least exciting time for me as an Eagles fan in as long as I can remember, because I'm always expecting us to do something other than this year. This is the first year in recent memory that I just don't expect us to do anything great. Um, so if we do that, that's not a bad thing, but I feel like people are also expecting us to win a lot this year. And I feel like the optimism is there's nothing to base it on at all. So that's what's concerning me because I don't think we would do this with any other team, really. We're very negative with all these other teams and saying, oh, they can't do this, they can't do that. And it's just flipped with the Eagles. And I know we care about the Eagles more than other teams as a city. I get that. It's Eagles football. I mean, what are you going to do? It's just I, uh, I just don't see it happening. And as, we're, as I was saying that we were down two for the Phillies, we were bringing in uh, De Los Santos in the ninth inning. I don't know who else is available. Probably not many people, but I don't really see him holding it, the Nationals to zero runs in the ninth inning, but we'll see. So yeah, that's my thing with the Eagles and Deshaun Watson. It just all really depends on, you know, the legal situation. But if it's cleared and it's only a four games, if it, even it's an eight game suspension, you'd trade for him now and just eat up those eight games to Flacco. I mean, just don't care about him. Go 0 and 8 for all I care. Get a better draft pick. Or if Flacco somehow goes, you know, four and four, keeps us afloat, Deshaun Watson goes six and two at the end. That's, that's winning the division. Or I guess six and six and three. You know, like 10 wins is winning this division, I think. We stink. This division stinks. Could we get the 10 wins? Possibly. And then, so I was talking about the wide receivers earlier. I mean, that's definitely a, pos a position group to keep your eyes on because, you know, Devontae Smith is a lock to make it. Rager Rager's a lock to make the roster. Greg Ward, I would not say he's a lock, but he's, as he's very close to a lock. So that's three. Fulgham would be my fourth. Quez Watkins would be my fifth. Do you go with J.J. Arisega Whiteside as your sixth? Do you give him another year? I don't – to me, no. To me, you don't see it. Can he, can he play special teams? Maybe, but you can probably save some money by cutting us, cutting him as well, cutting a second rounder. So I don't know if he makes it. That's really interesting position group to watch. Running backs, also position, 
a group to watch after Miles Sanders. Does Boston Scott still make the roster? I, to me, I would love to have a power back make the roster. Uh, but again, like, uh, I mean, I want Miles Sanders getting more touches than he did last year. Uh, I'm interested to see what Nick Sirianni does. I don't know much about him. I think we'll know more about him as camp goes on. Um, but he seems like a competitor. I'm a little nervous that he hasn't really called plays yet in his NFL coaching career. Um, so he might get a little overwhelmed with that, especially in the beginning. But I'm just intrigued. I can't you know, really make a decision based off him because I don't – I didn't like the hire. That's just because he hasn't – I like people who have called plays before. Um, and I just didn't think Doug deserved to be fired. But I I'm, had nothing really bad to say about him as a coach or a person yet because I don't know too much about him. So we'll see – what he's like as camp goes on, as we near clo- get closer to the season. And then we also like just these different position battles like the linebacker and secondary. It's going to be interesting to watch as you go on. Um, I do want to touch on Zach Ertz just a little bit. So, as, to me, Zach Ertz, like I can't believe he's still on the team. We should have traded Zach Ertz. I'd, maybe we couldn't get anything back from him because people realize he's not that good anymore. Um, I'm sure people don't really want tight ends who can't break tackles at all. So he just falls down whenever there's contact, but maybe we can get some sort of value with Zach Ertz, you know, come trade deadline if we're not good. If he's some performing a little bit, I don't know. Goddard's probably better than him at this point, but I mean, I just, hopefully we don't re-sign him or do anything stupid like that. Cause that would just be a waste, waste of money. In, in my opinion, I, I wish he was gone by now. He seems like a nice guy, a little wishy-washy at, at times, honestly, Never been a huge Ertz guy. I've always thought Ertz was a little overrated. He's definitely had some fantastic years. He was one of the best tight ends in receiving tight ends in the league. But now I definitely think he's past his prime. He's not that physical uh, at all. He doesn't break tackles, like I said. So I would have loved to just unload him and just have Goddard be number one. But maybe he gets more value. You know, as time goes on, I, but I still think they can compete. And this is where I just keep coming back to this false optimism that I just do not really see, even with the really easy schedule and this really easy division. I just, I just don't really, I don't really see it. Um, so, but that's enough about the Eagles. Let's get it, um, go on to talk about the Phillies who are still down six to four in this game. So they are currently three and a half games back of the Mets. If they win this game, it seems like they will pull within two and a half games of the Mets because the Mets have given up 10 runs so far and we're down by nine the last time I checked. So even if we lose, it doesn't seem like we're going to lose any ground on this division race. But we have the trade deadline in three days on Friday, July 30th. And we actually already made a move earlier today for a pitcher, Tyler Anderson from the Pirates, who is a lefty starter with about a 4.5 ERA, which would fit really nicely into the back of our rotation, considering Matt Moore gave up six runs in two innings today. Vinny V has like a 7.35 ERA against any team not named the Miami Marlins. And then we have Chase Anderson, who stinks, who just came back off the COVID list, and Spencer Howard, who can't go more than three innings. But in Philadelphia Phillies fashion, this trade is being uh, momentarily paused because there is an issue with one of the two minor leaguers uh, physicals that we were going to send over to Pittsburgh. So I don't know if we are going to replace that with a different player or if you know that's going to end up just being resolved. 
it's a wait and see type of thing. But I really like the trade. This guy, cheap deal, had this is his only year on his contract with Pittsburgh. It would have been a nice back end of the rotation type of starter, the Joe Bland type trade. Um, the Mets score just popped up in the ninth. They're in the ninth. They are down by seven runs. So most likely they are going to lose as well. Uh, and the Mets, the Mets have been sputtering. We have not really gone on a, well, we went on that little run that we did. Um, then the all-star break happened and then we got a little cold. So after the all-star break, we've been sputtering a little bit. The Mets have been sputtering. The, the Mets are not a good baseball team. I feel like we are, are better than the Mets besides the back end of our rotation. The Mets usually have great pitching. That is what is keeping them in the first place right now in this division. Their offense stinks. They really do not have that many great position players. Um, as much as people, Mets fans like to hype up some of their guys, I mean, the runs scored just, just aren't there. Whereas the Phillies, you know, the, the Phillies offense has been doing pretty, pretty well. Uh, we have four, four runs tonight. Uh, yeah, the big, the big guys have been, you know, performing as of late. So I think with the Phillies, making, if this trade goes through, which I hope it does, maybe we get another back end of the rotation starter since it seems like they're not going to sign a Cole Hamels, which I'm very disappointed at because you didn't have to give everyone up for that. And it's really just no risk, some little bit high of a reward because he's definitely better than Matt Moore. He's definitely better than Chase Anderson. I don't understand why you can't sign Cole Hamels to get a month and a half out of him. I just really don't get it. Um, and Philadelphia fans would love him. So it just doesn't make any sense to me. So if we do that, I've seen, I mean, there's rumors about the Phillies with some of the big names, like getting a Craig Kimbrell, going to get a Chris Bryant, going to get a Byron Buxton. I don't see that happening because look at, we are currently one game above 500. If we lose this game, we're going to be back right at even 500. Yes, we can win this division because our division is not that good, but we probably can't win the world series anything can happen if you make the playoffs for sure it's definitely a fair statement but most likely we can't i mean you we have too many holes to some guys underperforming but the thing is we just need to make the playoffs the philadelphia fan base just needs to see their team make the playoffs we have the longest playoff drought in the national league that's insane to me insane we had a five-year stretch where we were the best team in baseball, pretty much. And since then, haven't made the playoffs. It's, it's been a decade. It's been a decade. So we just need to see our team in the playoffs. And the team needs to see that, like, too, because we've got some cornerstones coming back. Like, we need Bryce Harper to make the playoffs. We need a JT Real Muto to make the playoffs. So we need free agents for this upcoming year to see that we made the playoffs. It makes a big difference to me. And this, this almost could seem like a 2007 Phillies team where we barely make the playoffs. You get your butts kicked in the playoffs, but you're just happy to have made it because they, the first time they made the playoffs since 1993 when they made it in 07. And then next year could be the year. So that's what I'm looking at right now. Um, you, so besides, like those big names, it doesn't make sense to go after them because it would take so many prospects of which we don't have that many great ones. I would not be trading a Bryson Stott. I would not be trading a Mick Abel. 
anyone else besides that, I would have available. I would have an Alec Bohm available, potentially. It would have to be the right deal, but he would he's not untouchable to me. A Mickey Moniak, a surging Mickey Moniak, is available and might now have more value than he's ever had on the trade market. He's available, even though I'm a Mickey Moniak guy, and I think he potentially could be a starting outfielder for us next season. He's available to me. Uh, Spencer Howard is available if it's the right deal. But the, like, the Cubs are looking for way more for a Kimbrel who is being paid an absurd amount of money for his salary. And he was not that good at all last year. You don't know if he's going to revert back to his old self next year. And to me, a World Series contender wants to go after Craig Kimbrell. I don't know for World Series contenders. Um, like a Chris Bryant, same thing. It doesn't make that much sense. Would it fill a hole? Yes, absolutely. We have a hole in center field and a hole in third base, really, that he would fill in nicely. But it's just it would cost too much. Um, same thing with a Byron Buxton, most likely. What what did intrigue me was a Trevor Story trade, which would still cost a hefty little price tag, but it would also not cost as much as a Chris Bryant, as a Byron Buxton, as a Craig Kimbrell. So and that would be really – because, like, D.D. Gregorius has stunk this year. His defense is atrocious. He really can't play shortstop. And he's batting 214, I believe he is, which is just not going to cut it. But that's what happens when you refuse to use one half of the baseball field, at least. And to me, I know Alec Bohm just came back from the COVID list. I'll be playing Alec Bohm at third base and Ronald Torres at shortstop instead of playing Ronald Torres at third. Because Bohm's defense has improved while Didi's has dipped. And Bohm, as much as he's been struggling this year, has been a better batter than Didi. So, I, I mean, Didi's a Girardi guy. It's probably why he's still in the game. It seems like he's making a mistake almost every time. His range is not that good. He bobbles the ball a ton. And he just, I mean, he's been there for an offensive shortstop. And he has not been delivering on the offensive side of the plate. So, to me, that would be my move. They haven't done it yet. But, like, a Trevor Story, could you just send Didi to the Rockies? They probably don't want him. I mean, what's the point? The Rockies stink. What's, I mean, yeah, what is their point of having Didi? But maybe just, like, here, just please take him. Like, it's, you know, we're just throwing throwing him in there with, with the deal. Um, we'll have to give up some prospects, I'm sure. But, like, it's like I see Bryson's thought maybe as the shortstop of the future. And Ronald Torres, I mean, the way he's been playing better than I, so many of our guys. So, He's been deserving to play every day like Girardi's been playing him. I would just sit Didi. We've got some other guys who've been playing outstanding, like Gene Segura. The year Gene Segura has been having as he's up to the to the plate right now, uh, looking at strike two, top of the, bottom of the ninth inning. Me, Gene Segura, if I bring up the stats right here, um, I have MLB stats up currently. And I'm looking at hitting of course so i'm trying to get looking at average gene segura in major league baseball oh and there is an air from the third baseman gene segura had grounded the third he should have been out in a throwing air made by the nationals third baseman puts segura on second base no outs tying run to the plate jt real muto coming up could we be having some more fireworks in the ninth inning could we have another walk-off i don't want to jinx this but we're getting excited here i'll call it 
while I'm talking. It's unbelievable. So if we're looking at average, Gene, Gene Segura is the seventh best hitter in baseball this year, average-wise, at 311. Uh, that's the Gene, that is the Gene Segura that we thought we were getting um, when we traded for him from the Seattle, Seattle Mariners. Um, Andrew McCutcheon has been surging since June 1st. I don't have the numbers up right in front of me, but he's had an over 900 OPS since June 1st. Reese Hoskins has had great numbers outside of that over 33 stretch that he had. He had like 250-something. His power numbers were up. His That over 33 stretch, while insane, insanely bad, just brings his whole, whole season low. As JT just lined out to left, thought it had a chance to get out, did not. Um, pretty, step before the warning track, it's bringing Bryce up. So we need Bryce. Bryce, who had it inside the park home run earlier, and it was in his three for four. Can he have some late-night heroics, get on base for Kutch again, and maybe have the same thing happen as last night? So if we look at OPS in Major League Baseball, Bryce Harper is eighth in on-base percentage plus slugging in Major League Baseball. And just on base percentage, Bryce Harper gets on base the fourth most out of anybody in Major League Baseball. For average, he has the 18th best average out of anybody in Major League Baseball. This guy was not an all-star, yet he's been playing like one of the best players in, in baseball. I mean, it is – he is probably – the most underrated baseball player in in the major leagues right now just because everyone thinks he's overrated yet he doesn't get any credit really for his accomplishments i mean he is playing out of his goddamn mind yet i feel like we're not hearing enough about him at all and hopefully he can do something magical here tonight but we got him we got the best catcher in baseball with JT, Cuts playing well, Reese has been playing well, Therese has been playing pretty well. Jankowski was filling in for, for Bryce in a decent way. Oh, and it does. Bryce did just pop up behind the plate. That that sucks. So that's that's a big disappointment right there. And we're down to our final out. I mean, it would have been nice to steal a win, but when Matt Moore gives up six runs, pretty much. In the, he gives, gives up six runs in the first two innings. I mean, you're not really expecting the win. Um, but, I mean, you can't – Bryce went three for five. I mean, it sucks that he popped up right there, but you can't be mad with someone who went three for five with a home run and a double. Um, but the thing is, this team has some very good players, and then we're piecing it around those good players. Like, the back end of our rotation stinks. BD has not been playing well. Um, center field is a little bit of an issue. Like it's a platoon between Jankowski and Odubel. So you're kind of just riding the hot hand as of now. And the bullpen, some of those guys in there are just horrendous. Like Brandon Kinsler has pretty much a 7.9 ERA, I think it is. And he is just absolutely like, I don't, atro he's atrocious. I don't know how he's still in, in the MLB. He's been on the team the whole year. And if you have a 7.9 ERA for the whole year, I don't know how you stay, stay on the team. And then we've got this thing with, like, the COVID list. I mean, they're just shooting themselves in the foot with everyone having to keep doing the COVID list. And it's just one player after another after another because all these guys just are not vaccinated. So that is, that is frustrating for sure. Um, but it just shows, like, we are 
we're knocking on the door to the Mets. The Mets are going to make some moves this offseason or this, uh, this trade deadline, excuse me. And we have to make some moves too to not only stay on pace with them, but also catch up a little ground. And we've, I mean, every game is important now. So it just, it, this race is going to be really close. The Braves are still in it too. Um, as we are down to our final strike as of now. It's just, I feel, this feels like the time, the year that we can possibly squeak by. It feels like the Mets are going to collapse a little bit. Um, they've got DeGrom, who's nagging injury. And he was, the, I mean, he was MVP in baseball before missing all this time. So it just, it feels different. I want to make some moves. I just don't want to give up the best prospects because I don't think we can win a World Series. Um, other people might want to pull a trigger more. McCutcheon just stared at strike three. That was, he really should have swung. He's not arguing. I mean, that's just a bad, bad take. Uh, so that's a loss. We're going to be three and a half back still. That is so gettable. Two months left in the season. We got to make a few moves for sure at this trade deadline. Just moves that can kind of move, push the needle, but not like we can't give up these huge prospects. I feel like for half a, for a two months with a team that is currently sitting right at the 500 mark. So that's my thought on the, on the Phillies. I think we can definitely win this division. I'm going to definitely talk about the Phillies more so in the next couple of months with a few guests. We'll talk some Eagles um, in the next few months, as well as we get closer to the season. I'll probably touch on the 76ers draft and any Ben Simmons trade. If it comes, uh, we'll see on that regard. So I'll probably have a guest on the next show. Like I said earlier, I know this might be a little boring, just me rambling, but I wanted to get my thoughts out to share to all of you since I haven't done this one, this show in a little while. And so much has been going on. So thank you for listening. Uh, I always appreciate it. Please tell your friends uh, and whoever likes to listen to the podcast about this. I'm trying, trying to grow it. Uh, it's tough when you just have to post on your own social media and that's all you got. But thank you for listening. Really appreciate it. I'll be back soon with another episode and another guest. Uh, but this has been the Philly Fundamentals podcast. Um, we shall see you soon. Keep fighting.